Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help visionary business leaders to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and maybe a bit chilly today business partner, Al McDonald. Al, how's your day going? It is a cold one. We're right in the middle of the heart of winter right now. I think it's cold enough that there's going to be a lot of people staying home even from their bingo today. So anyway, we will get through it. This is the the worst six weeks of the year. And one of the ways we'll get through it is because we got a great uh, day lined up with our podcast. Absolutely. Al was telling me about all the snow back in Toronto. I've got a lot of the white stuff too. I'm actually recording this one from Aruba, getting some well-needed vitamin D. So hopefully uh, by the time I get back, most of the snow is gone and uh, Al uh, has perhaps shoveled my driveway. Anyway, moving on, excited about today's guest. Today, we have Jason Reed, CEO and co-founder at Giftogram. Welcome to the show, Jason. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on and looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Good to have you here. And uh, I got to tell you, before we get started, I recently tried out the Giftogram platform and I was really, really impressed how easy it was to send a gift. So I ended up sending a really nice bottle of scotch to my business partner, Joe. Thank you, Joe. He did me a solid, as I say, a really, a really big favor at a time when I needed it. And it was really cool. So we'll talk about that as, as we get into the show, but what a cool platform. And I have to say thank you to Dave Morantz over at MedNow for introducing us because it's been great to get to meet you, Jason. And uh, so thanks, Dave. So let's jump into it. Let's start with the obvious because I'm sure now people are listening thinking, okay, a bottle of scotches are being sent. That sounds pretty cool. What is Giftogram and how did the idea for your business come about anyway? For sure. So, uh, you know, we, we actually started Giftogram in 2012, or at least that's when the idea began. Initially, we were a B2C product. In fact, we were a pure mobile app centered around uh, making it easy to be thoughtful. So in, in the initial kind of vision for the product, for me, gifting was a pain point. It was always a last minute, you know, stressful uh, and time-consuming experience. I like to think of myself as a thoughtful guy. So I was always last minute rushing off to get something for someone's birthday or new baby or whatever the, the occasion was. This is around the time that, that we might recall Uber had launched in Toronto, which is where we were based. And so the movement towards mobile commerce uh, was still very early. And so we wanted to build a, a mobile experience that let you send a thoughtful gift to any of your contacts. And part of how we made it easy was by eliminating the need to have your recipient's address. That was really the idea that we started with and kind of combining the technology that allowed you to send a gift by email or text message in two clicks from a marketplace of curated products uh, was really how we started. And most of the years from when we launched in, in 2013 up until 2019, we were purely focused on that kind of e-commerce uh, B2C product. Uh, of course, we've now evolved since then to a enterprise platform, which we'll hopefully, I'm sure we'll talk more about. 
we just went through one of the pain points that you just talked about, because, you know, in prior years, we really enjoyed going out in the holidays and seeing our clients and, and delivering something and having that, you know, putting that thought into it and, and having that experience with your clients. And this year it was, it was very challenging because we wanted to send something out and our internal people were looking to say, okay, here's what we're going to send out. And then we had to reach out to every single one of those people to say, are you working from home? Or if not, can I have your home address? And so when I saw your platform and I thought, I can send a gift. I can send a really thoughtful gift. And, and by the way, your platform is very robust. There's everything you can think of there. And it's done in you know a thoughtful way. And I don't even need to know where that person is working. I mean, what a fantastic idea. So I was, I was really excited to talk more about this. And I think maybe we'll talk a little bit further about you know, how you've evolved onto that enterprise side. Yeah, for sure. I think at the core of our thesis was that, again, made it easy to be thoughtful. And in retrospect, it seems kind of obvious, but very few people keep track of physical addresses anymore. This is, of course, as you're indicating, been compounded with remote work. And I think people are are just a lot more mobile now. So even in many cases, uh, your employer may not know where you're located. So that was really one feature. We were really the innovator of that and kind of part of the ethos of how we kind of streamline kind of both the sender and uh, recipient experience. Jason, you talked a little bit about how you came up with this idea and it it sounds like it was almost more out of a a personal uh, thing that, uh, you know, you struggled with giving gifts and struggling with the stress of doing it at the last minute. But you also talked about some of the things that have evolved in the company over time. So can you talk a little bit about how is it that you come up with some of these new ideas for the company and maybe in your line of work, what things are you curious about and, you know, how do they lead to new innovations in the business? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Al. I talked about kind of how the idea came about for the initial product, which was our app. And in 2020, we really pivoted our model or, or more accurately evolved our model because our retail app is still very much running and alive and well and a key part of our business. But we shifted our, our focus to corporate and enterprise gifting. And that was actually largely driven by just listening to our customers and looking at the data. What we would see is power users sending out tens or hundreds of gifts through our app. And we were receiving kind of a steady stream of inbound requests from either uh, users or gift recipients that said, you know, hey, my boss received a giftogram and would like to send 200 of these to all of our staff. Is that something that you can help with? And we received enough of those that it kind of became obvious as we looked at it, that this was a huge opportunity, specifically corporate gifting uh, on both the employee and the client side. And so in 2020, we really made an investment into our technology to build out an enterprise uh, product. So certainly there's many different areas that I would pull on for you know ideas or inspiration kind of beyond my personal network of you know uh, friends, many of whom are entrepreneurs and uh, our advisory board, et cetera. but you know certainly in terms of giftogram and, and kind of how the vision evolved, we just felt very fortunate to kind of make that investment, which actually happened right before COVID hit. Uh, interestingly. So the timing has worked out pretty well for us. When we're having these conversations, I'm always curious. And I talk about my own experience and I look back and I think, would I have done this had I known all the obstacles I was going to face? And I'll admit this to anybody who wants to have a real conversation about being an entrepreneur. And and sometimes it looks very sexy and sometimes it is, and sometimes it's very rewarding, but there's a roller coaster ride. And anyone who doesn't tell you that, I think you should go talk to someone else. And I look at my own career and I think, would I have 
jumped in with both feet like I did if I'd known what I was going to face. So I'm always curious when I'm talking to someone like you, Jason, is there anything you wish you'd known in advance back then before you went down this route? I mean, I remember a conversation specifically with one of our uh, very early investors who's still active and, and on our board. He was a big supporter for me, of course, but really just at the beginning kind of warned me of, of how challenging this path would be. And to be honest, I was somewhat dismissive of that. That being said, I, I did grow up in a, in a house where, where my dad was an entrepreneur. So I, I think I had that advantage, if you will, and kind of experiencing, you know, the level of commitment evenings and weekends that went into building something that was truly special. But you know, I don't think you ever really appreciate the blood, sweat, and tears uh, that go into it when you're setting off. And, and in a way, you have to be a little bit naive, I think, uh, to true, um, or crazy or whatever it is, you know, to, to actually do it because it really consumes you for uh, many years, I think it's fair to say if, if you're venturing into a new startup, you pretty much have to assume that for the next 10 years of your life, you're going to be committed to this relationship, you know, not unlike getting married or, or having a kid in some ways. I definitely don't regret it. It's been a phenomenal experience, but certainly to your point, there, there are times where it's very challenging and also times where it feels incredibly rewarding and, and you couldn't really imagine doing uh, anything else. And of course, many great quotes on this. And you know, one of my favorite is, I think it's Elon who says, uh, you know, being a CEO or founder is like chewing glass and staring into the abyss. And there's definitely some of those days, but we're definitely excited about the, the opportunities in front of us and would not have changed my decision if I was going back in time. Yeah, and you used the word in there, naive. And I, I like to use that word too, because you're exactly right. You do need a little bit of naivety because if you knew some of the obstacles that you had to face going forward, you probably wouldn't jump in. And there's probably a lot more people that regret what they didn't do as opposed to what they did do. So I think that you spoke to that quite well. So you talked about obstacles. You talked about being naive, but you also talked about that you wouldn't do anything different, that you wouldn't change anything. So can you talk a little bit about maybe some really satisfying moments or a most satisfying moment in your entrepreneurial journey, or maybe um, some obstacles that you've had to face and overcome as you've gone down this path? Sure. I mean, there's definitely over the past several years, several satisfying moments. And I think for me and many entrepreneurs, it's really kind of the momentum of the day that dictates how you're feeling. And it's funny how that can really change multiple times during the week to use your, your roller coaster analogy. I'm certainly very passionate around the product side of our business. So, you know, when I say that, I mean more in the, the technology and, and building a, a product and user experience that millions of people touch and use on a regular basis. So certainly launching our first iOS app, launching our, our enterprise product and our first enterprise client, which was really very recently in the last couple of years, is an extremely satisfying moment. And anyone who shipped a, a product, I think, would echo that. And then I think, you know, for me personally, watching or hearing uh, somebody on your team who you've hired pitching your product, you know, on the phone or even in a meeting, you know, passionately kind of describing your vision and how they're executing it and whether they're communicating with a, a prospective client or a new employee. Um, that, that's really very rewarding, I think, in many ways, because you're, you're seeing your, your vision kind of come to life. You know, the last one I'll mention is somewhat unique for us. 
certainly other companies that are physically shipping, you know, packages out. You know, we're used to seeing Amazon packages like stacked up in in the lobby of a, a condo building if you live in a condo or whatnot. And I remember the first time seeing you know giftogram boxes in the lobby of, of uh, the building I was in. That was a pretty cool moment as well. You know, you have strangers and random people that are are actually using this this product that you built, and you're seeing it come to life. Those are certainly a few examples of moments that I'll, I'll always reflect on positively. And there's certainly a list of, of long challenges that that would have enabled us to, to get to that point. I mean, I think a lot of the standard challenges in building a technology and, and, and building a product, candidly, I think after six years of, of focusing on a, a retail B2C product, I realized we just weren't getting the growth that we needed. And, and in order to get that growth, we would likely require hundreds of millions of dollars of capital and or a product that really kind of took off uh, virally. And what we had had at that point, hundreds of thousands of people use our app to send gifts to people. It still wasn't enabling us to really scale. And that was in part, I think, the impetus around looking at other ways to evolve our our business model and, and the technology, which again, goes back to our corporate gifting business which I think was always there, but we weren't focused on it. And in fact, we had several advisors who would regularly say, like, you should, you should look at this market. And I think we were just very focused on building a, a consumer product. But I think at the end, that actually really informed us in how to approach building software in a corporate slash enterprise environment that felt like a consumer product. So I, I really think that path in a way gave us a, a unique advantage to how we approach uh, UX design curation and really our overall approach to customer success. I'm glad you talked about, and, and Al, thank you for asking the question because the satisfying moments versus the obstacles, because I, I think that's important for our audience to hear as well. And as much as I was saying previously, there's a roller coaster ride, and I'm not sure I would have gone down that road. And I know I would have, because I'm, I'm glad where we are. But, you know, I think it's important for people to hear being an entrepreneur can be really rewarding, but not without its challenges. And I'm glad, you know, I can relate to what you're seeing, something that you've created coming to life. You're seeing those delivery boxes. You are seeing an employee pitching your product. And, and I remember the first time we use virtual backgrounds with our logos on our company, because I'm a branding guy. I like getting the brand out there. And on our team meeting, every once in a while, you'd see another ARIA benefits background pop up with a new addition to the team. And that is very satisfying to see something. And, and I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're, we're, you know, we're down in Aruba. And it was only not that many years ago where I sat right on the beach and wrote out my dream for what ARIO was going to be. And to see something that comes out of imagination come to life and start employing people and start doing good work and starting getting recognized in the marketplace is incredibly rewarding. But like you said, it's not without its challenges. And a lot of the entrepreneurs we talk to and a lot of the audience feedback we get is, hey, I'm so glad, for example, Jason told me about that, that challenge, because I thought I was the only one facing those types of challenges, right? And we've used the term several times, the imposter syndrome, because I have people in my network, I'm sure you have people in your network, and we'll reach out and say, oh my God, you're doing all these amazing things. I don't know how you do it. And you sit back and say, sometimes I don't know how I do it. You know, because you're just, you're just trying to do your best. And, and if it works out great, you get celebrated. And if it doesn't, you just kind of bury that and, and then move on. So I think what's really helpful and the people that we've had on the show have provided some of this, and I, and I think it's always helpful, especially to young entrepreneurs, 
what's one of your best learning experiences as you've had this entrepreneurial journey? In retrospect, you know, again, this seems really obvious, but hiring great talent and specifically hiring and retaining great talent is, I would argue, the most important component of building a successful business. I mean, there's certainly other key ingredients like having a, a clear vision that, that you communicate, having capital, not running out of money, and then kind of the, the sales and, and product development side of your business. But I think really the, the number one thing is your ability to hire and retain talent. Of course, when things are going well, that's a lot easier to do. There's a bit of a chicken and egg as it relates to that, especially if you're a first-time entrepreneur, you're ultimately having to kind of sell your vision to prospective employees to join you on this mission. So we're very lucky today. I think Giftagram has an incredible team today. We're about 25 people and couldn't be prouder of the folks that are here. And I think for anybody working right now in, in a remote environment, it's certainly challenging to continue to engage and reward employees and develop a culture that is fun and rewarding and challenging. And we're definitely working in a new environment. And I'm actually really proud to say we've had pretty much zero churn in the last couple of years. I think that is really a factor of, frankly, some of the hard lessons that we've learned earlier on where we may have had some of the wrong hires not to say that these weren't really smart, capable people, but maybe just not the right fit or right attitude. And maybe they, in many cases, went on to do better, but in a larger company environment. So for me, continually working on being a better recruiter and, and hiring manager, in effect. Now I have a senior leadership team that supports me with that and, and really looking for individuals that you know share our values, share our energy and are passionate about the mission, which often means that you're hiring folks on attitude over aptitude. That's one of the things that we like to say. Of course, you want someone to have the right experience, but at the margin, we're going to choose somebody who is kind of a curious, passionate, uh, hardworking individual that we know is willing to kind of roll up their sleeves and take on the challenges that are in many cases hard to predict uh, at the time you're, you're hiring them. So so yeah, hiring and retaining talent is, is definitely the maybe obvious learning experience that I have learned to really value. Yeah, we hear that a lot from a lot of the people that we talk to, obviously the importance of hiring the right people and getting them on the same page so that everyone's moving in the right direction. And you did talk a little bit about in your answer, your experience with COVID. It's the elephant in the room. It's still ongoing, despite all our best beliefs to this point that it's, we're finally over the hump, but it seems to be uh, coming back time and time again. So can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the things you did in the business, because other companies might be very interested in that, you know, to keep your employees engaged. And like you said, you know, you haven't had a lot of churn. That's unusual, especially with people stressed and just that the challenge is working. And maybe talk a little bit too, just about what you do during COVID just to cope and deal with everything that's going on. I think like a lot of folks, we've been trying to figure this out. Interestingly, we had a, a team offsite with our whole company, you know, the month before COVID hit. And I'm really thankful that we actually had that. We haven't been able to replicate that since then in a physical sense, but we do have regular virtual meetings and kind of virtual offsites and all hands meetings that are great. But I, of course, there's also kind of Zoom fatigue with that. So we're actually constantly looking at, and in many cases, working with our clients to build an augmented part of the virtual experience. And so with our product, we're 
uh, in many cases, will augment a virtual cocktail hour with an actual cocktail kit that gets sent out to employees. That's something that we've done for our staff as well as several clients. And there's other examples of that in terms of like food or or yoga or meditation or you know breathing classes. So there's a lot of you know virtual events that sometimes include a physical element that will power that part of as part of our gifting platform and service. And again, we, we see a lot of our clients being more proactive and thoughtful with how they approach onboarding work anniversaries, birthdays. We're not doing cake around the office anymore. So are you able to do something with our Giftogram platform to send something out to folks? And I think connecting in the physical world has been certainly hampered with COVID. And I think, you know, obviously depending where you live, there may be more or less restrictions, but we're constantly looking at ways uh, for our own team, as well as with clients to try to bring that physical connection back, even if it's through a thoughtful gift while people are continuing to work in this kind of remote hybrid environment, which in our view is also not going to go away. So happens to work well with our business model. And I think like everyone else, we're kind of figuring out the challenges of how to work really effectively as a team in that environment. I've been really fortunate personally because the team has been pretty flexible. We have an office space downtown that I, I've been working out of often on my own many days. And on a personal front, my wife and I had our, our first baby a year and a half ago. So that's certainly kept me busy in addition to, to work. Any parents out there, I'm sure would appreciate the consuming aspects of a new baby, especially during COVID. You don't really have as much support or friends or family around as, as you might like to. But certainly between that and Giftogram, I'm kept pretty busy. Well, I can speak to this a little bit better than Robin can. I know having a kid puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly, all those trials and tribulations that you're all worried about about your business, they seem trivial compared to having your own child. <laughs> and you're just way more appreciative and effective with your time. So yeah. we're very fortunate and having a lot of fun with it. And it's also kind of opens up the whole uh, appreciation for baby gifts, which has also been a big part of our business. And now I'm kind of living in that, certainly on the recipient side. And another area of opportunity for Giftogram where baby gifts are, are not an insignificant part of our business. So I'm still focused on when you talked about it, not having cake around the office anymore, because it brings up a memory. And it is one thing I definitely miss around the office. My business partner, Joe, would stop off at the Portuguese bakery on the regular, bring in the custard tarts, and they were just burnt a little bit on the top. And I haven't had one of those since pre-COVID days. So that is one thing I think Al will relate. We, uh, those are certainly <laughs> things we miss about being in the office. But as you said, the world's changed. There are ways. I think, you know, internally too, we've pivoted and you talk about the all hands meetings. We do those and we do things to build that culture. And I do tell people it's still very possible to build a team and build a positive culture where everyone is working towards that mission. You touched on it earlier. I think it's important that people buy into your values. We call them guiding principles at our firm. And if there's a fit there, it's going to work well. And, and I love what you said about some people that didn't work out, not because they weren't great people and, and very talented. It just wasn't a great fit for the culture. And I have a new hire at Aria Benefits and I've never met him in person. And yet we have such a great working relationship and it's working out really well. So it is definitely possible. Why don't we wrap this up with, because we're talking about Giftogram and I am a fan of your platform and I've used it and I encourage everyone 
especially if you want to send someone that you really like something very thoughtful and very, very creative and, and make it so easy on them as well yourself. I encourage you to do it. But why don't we end on what kind of trends are you seeing in employee gifting out there? Again, for us, it's all about creating a thoughtful moment. And so that includes really putting the right gift and, and kind of the right unboxing moment at the right time. We're seeing a lot around work anniversaries, personalization, branded merchandise is always big, but I think that has evolved quite a bit where you're not just slapping a logo on a water bottle, but you know companies are doing much more unique branded merch. We've done uh, branded dog houses uh, for people that have pets and custom toolboxes premium athleisure for folks that they're actually going to enjoy wearing, especially working from home. And then there's, I think, certain areas where there's uh, an opportunity to have a gift that has a give back angle or supporting uh, specific causes and supporting certain uh, industries or businesses that we think are really relevant and that people appreciate and want to be uh, supportive of. So there's definitely a, a continual effort from Giftogram to curate what we feel are going to be thoughtful gifts that are going to be impactful and memorable. Of course, if you want to check us out, you can download our app. You can go to giftogram.com and browse a lot of these products. And for companies out there that are looking to put a program together for their employees or their clients, they can reach out to us through our email and speak to one of our account executives about how we build kind of a custom program that really just automates and makes this a lot easier for the respective team, whether that's the HR, people, culture, or sales and marketing folks. Those are usually the teams that we're working with and just kind of, you know, often they're, you know, if they've done it before, they're really not interested in doing it themselves. So we can kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting and managing the campaign from selecting the gifts, setting up your gift center, which is what we refer to our corporate product as integrating that with your uh, technology system. So we, as example, will connect with your uh, HCM or CRM so that this becomes a, a programmatic uh, automated system for you, just like your other HR tools. That's awesome. And I look forward to following along. And again, I have to thank our friend, Dave Morantz for the introduction. You know, sometimes I kind of pinch myself and because of the podcast, I get to talk to people and hear really cool stories and, and hear about companies that I never would have thought of perhaps. And I think this is such a great idea. And especially on the enterprise side, on the employee gifting side, on the client gifting side, um, you already shared uh, how people can reach out to you. If people want to reach out and find more about Jason, are you open on LinkedIn or emails or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm on uh, LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, and you can reach me, uh, Jason at giftogram.com. There's any uh, any questions on any of the above, and uh, always great to talk with other entrepreneurs as well as folks who are, of course, interested in uh, in checking out our product. All right. Well, that does it for today's episodes. Man, I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.